Happy Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. I'm the show host, Rich Charpentier, and today is Tuesday, October 30th of 2018. As always, thanks for stopping in and spending a little time with me this morning. Actually, today's podcast might go a little long. We're, this is Tech Talk Tuesday, and today I want to talk about digital photography, and specifically, we're going to get into... Um, the prices of portraits and the prices of professional photography because we've had this digital revolution right so why are professional photographers so gosh darned expensive now i've done professional photography for over a decade and um, when i first started out i gotta say i refused to do portrait sessions absolutely in 2008 when um i was co-owner of a gallery in prescott arizona I had a lot of people coming in who really liked my landscape work, and they asked me over and over again, hey, Rich, would you, do a, would you do a portrait session for us? And I said no to those people over and over again, not because I was a snooty guy, um, not because I was antisocial, but because I didn't know how to take a portrait to save my life. And while you see the beautiful landscape photography that I was selling in the gallery, Landscape photography and portrait photography are two big, two different animals, big differences. It's like going to a general practitioner versus going to a cardiologist or an endocrinologist. Um, specialization means that they've got tools and skills that a general doctor doesn't have. So I had people ask me over and over again for years. So as the requests continued happening, I dedicated several years of my time uh, in my off hours when I wasn't shooting for the gallery and I wasn't working in the gallery and I wasn't printing for people on a giant wide format printer and canvases and things. I spent a lot of my time learning new skills. So I literally invested thousands of dollars in online classes and in-person classes. I got to, I got to see Joe McNally. I got to, um, See, Zach Arias, awesome. These are two uh, portrait photographers that I've admired for a very long time. So I spent a ton of money, um, a lot of money invested into actually learning how to do off-camera lighting and dramatic lighting for portraits. So there was an investment of thousands and thousands of dollars there. There was an investment of thousands of dollars in lighting equipment. Uh, there is an investment of insurance for my gear and um, when when we do portrait shoots I would actually uh, have an insurance policy for any damages or liability so there's a lot of expenses up front and so now you're saying to yourself okay you got the gear rich but it's digital photography right so digital photography you don't have to develop that or anything all those costs are gone you don't have to send it off to a lab all those costs aren't gone, they've moved to a different location. They've moved from sending your film out to uh, a developing house to um, you, the photographer, actually doing the final retouches. So when you start thinking about portrait photography, I had people, their eyes got really big and round when I would tell them. Uh, when I started out and I knew that I was doing a good job with portrait photography, um, my price was two thirty-five for an hour portrait session, and people, people had a conniption fit. Two hundred and thirty-five dollars 
for a one hour photo session. That's crazy. Here's the thing, nine times out of 10, we were doing outdoor shoots. And so we would have to go scout the location before we actually met up with the customer. So normally about an hour of time would be invested in picking locations, picking shots, and having things ready and lined up for our clients so that when they got, when they got there, we could just start shooting for them. So we had, call it a one hour investment of time before the shoot. Then we had another hour of the actual shoot with our client. So there's two hours of our time. Once the photo shoot was over, I would come home and I would offload all of the images to Lightroom. I would go through and start picking the good images and flagging the really bad images. And normally I would roll through this process a couple of times over. So at least another hour of time for importing, sorting, and selecting. So now we've got three hours. We've got the, the prep time, we've got the shoot time, we've got the offloading time. Once I had finished selecting the better photos from the crummy photos, I'd go back through again and I'd pick the absolute best shots from our photo shoot. And those would be the images that I would spend some time editing as well. So the editing time would usually be another hour to two hours. So now let's see here. One hour for scouting a location, one hour for the actual shoot, one hour for exporting and doing your initial walkthrough, another one to two hours for final selection and editing. So that one hour portrait session that was $235 usually took about four to five hours of my time, things that the customer didn't see. So let's see, 235 divided by five hours comes down to $47 an hour. Now there's another thing. When we were doing the shoots, I would have a lighting assistant with me and that lighting assistant was actually paid as well. So in the end, after paying the lighting assistant's time, usually one to two hours of their time, if they're scouting the location with me as well, we've just, um, we've eroded that further and by the way, usually when I'm doing a portrait session for somebody in a day, we don't have back-to-back -back portrait sessions. So that portrait session could be my only portrait session for two or three days. So when you break all the costs down, insurance, equipment, uh, lighting assistance, all of that upfront and behind the scenes time, you're talking, um, you're, not, you're, not, you're not talking a, a huge takeaway at the end of that uh, portrait session. So people get this you know, misperception that, hey, this photographer's 235 an hour, and wow, you know, at 235 an hour in an eight hour day, let's see there, that would be $1,880 a day. Those photographers are making bank. Now, they're, they're not getting paid for that eight hour day um, in the way you think. So they usually incorporate their all of their time into the package price that they offer to you. So that 250, or I'm sorry, that 235 that we used to charge um, was covering four to five hours of my time in total. It also needed to cover my insurance expense. It also needed to help me pay back on my investment of my cameras because over time those cameras break and you need to buy a new camera. So you need to be making enough money to, to um, 
buy those new cameras when your other equipment breaks, uh, if it's not covered by insurance and it's just wear and tear. So there in a nutshell is part of why portrait photography is so expensive. So, and when you really think about it, that's not so expensive. If you're actually getting five hours of somebody's time for $235. But so this whole conversation, while we're talking about this, um, this podcast is over eight minutes long now. Normally, you don't get to have this long of a conversation with a portrait client. So they just want to, they, they come into your studio and they say, so how much is it for a portrait session? They just want the, you know, the final price. And so that final price at the time was 235 and they would say to me, well, there's, there's a new photographer in town and they're doing a $50 photo session and they're giving you a CD of all the images. Well, that, that's awesome. Absolutely go to that person. Um, because it sounds to me like they're just going to offload their camera and give you the unedited stuff, which happened a lot. I actually had several people over the years come into the studio and ask me for my prices and then make the determination that I was in fact too expensive for their portrait needs. So they went to another photographer and then they came back to me a couple weeks later with a CD of the images the photographer gave them asking me to edit and fix the photos because they were all out of focus, too dark, too bright, et cetera, et cetera. And I always had to say to these people, well, those images are actually the photographer's copyright. They're not mine. And because they're the photographer's copyright, I can't really edit them. You can go back to that photographer and ask them to edit them for you, but that's copyrighted material and I'm not going to edit it for you. So there's also that consideration. So in the face of all of this great digital photography um, revolution that we've got over the past decade, a lot of things have stayed the same. Uh, portrait photography, if you're getting a good portrait photographer, is still expensive. And as I said before, it used to be that you'd have to send out to a lab and pay developing fees, et cetera, et cetera. But that was somebody else's work time. What's happened in digital photography now is that the digital photographer has to do everything. So now where they'd send out to a lab for developing, they're doing the developing. They're using Lightroom or Photoshop. They're doing all of the sorting and selecting. Um, oftentimes they might even be responsible for the final printing. So the price hasn't gone up that much. It's just, it's shifted. So now it's on the digital photographer's back to do everything start to finish. Uh, whereas before they would subcontract some work out being the developing process if they didn't have their own in-house developing studio. So coming to, um, coming to talk about mobile, um, you know, highly mobile people, RVers, world travelers, whatever. A lot of people have thought, hey, one of the ways that I can make an income while I'm a full-time RVer, a full-time traveler, is to start selling my photography or start selling my photographic services. And yes, it is possible to make a living with photography today, but there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of undercutters out there. So how do you get there if you're in a tiny location, you know, a tiny studio, you're doing a lot of outdoor shooting? Well, now it's going to be more scouting locations for you. It's also going to be finding clients because let's say if you're on the road all the time, 
you're not going to get to build up a reputation as a great portrait photographer in X town or Y town because you're on the move often. So that's going to also require you to do some heavy lifting on the advertising side, most likely uh, through the internet and build a really great reputation as this traveling photographer. Also, you're not going to be carrying a ton of gear with you if you're in a 25-foot Airstream, let's say. I've got a lot of lighting equipment. A lot of it's in a storage location because I can't fit it all in the Airstream. So I have to pick and choose what it is I'm using as far as gear goes, you know, when I'm taking my trips. So, so there's that. Now, I've talked to a, lo a lot of full-time RVers, a lot of um, heavy travelers, a lot of tiny home movement folks. And um, they said, well, you know, how about selling that, those landscape photographs? And, you know, I'm going to all these unique, unique places and I can sell those online. And I'm 100% behind you there. You can, as a matter of fact, do that. So you could be selling online. So that's a possibility. I found, though, that it's uh, very few and infrequent that someone is actually incredibly successful selling photography online these days and making enough money to travel from this location to this location. There's some famous YouTubers out there who are doing all those videos, and some of them also resell other items, including their photography. But what I found since, let's say, 2008 is a lot of people will come to your website, they'll look at your beautiful photos, they'll compliment your beautiful photos. If you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or anything else, they'll compliment and like your images um, a million times over, and they'll complain to you if you stop sharing amazing images of the places you've gone to. But let me tell you, selling photography to them is a pretty tough one um, because they're already consuming your photography on your website, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on the rest of the social media. So they've already gotten your, um, your images for free. And with that in mind, oftentimes they're not going to be buying the actual physical prints or big blowups of the Grand Canyon. They're, they're just not doing that. And as a friend of mine who's also in the gallery business said multiple times to me over the years, photography is one of the hardest things to sell in a gallery setting and also in an online setting. Um, and that's because everybody has got a camera these days. So everybody's a photographer. So when people see your prices, oh, that canvas is really expensive. Um, well, that canvas is really expensive because number one, canvas is expensive. Number two, the printing process. Number three, the investment and time of photographing that amazing Grand Canyon shot. Um, number four, the time for building up your skill. All these things factor in, but when you're selling an expensive canvas in the end, a lot of people will just say, well, I, I could take that shot sometime. And I actually heard that outside of my studio door so many times. My favorite example is always uh, one of the white pocket trips, one of the white pocket photos that I did. Um, took me several years, multiple trips to get one thing, one particular Canon lit just the way I wanted. So I had almost four weeks of physical time invested in getting that particular image. So four weeks of me being out in dirty, dusty locations, wondering when the light's going to hit this particular formation, right? So there's a lot of upfront time invested. Then there's a lot of time and expense in producing the final product, 
whether it's a big print, whether it's on, you know, these metallic prints that they're doing now or canvas prints, whatever it is, those things get a little expensive. So you've got to pay for that part. And then you've got to pay for your time in the field and you've got to pay for your equipment and you've got to pay for your insurance. And finally, you factor all that into the price of your prints and people do the eye roll and say, I could take that too with my iPhone. And you can you can absolutely take some amazing photos with your iPhone. So not picking on the iPhone, you can set up some gorgeous stuff with it. So in the face of all this great digital technology and this photographic revolution, we've seen a lot change and people have discounted the value of our images because, you know, we're awash in images. So they think, well, this should be really cheap too. It should be free. You know, I should see all this free portrait work that you've done on Instagram. And the answer to that is no. In my case, I've shifted away from portrait work and weddings and things like that. And I focus more on commercial photography. So getting into real estate photography with drones, doing uh, commercial photography for business locations, doing commercial photography for products. And the reason why I've shifted more toward this for me personally is because companies have advertising budgets. And those companies know that it costs money to license images. And they also know the value of unique images that are custom created for their business. One of our clients years ago um, was an engineering firm and we actually photographed cogs and sprockets and their manufacturing center. And after doing the shoot for them, they had us back several more times because they loved the work so much. And the work was very compelling in trade magazines where they were selling their products. And they didn't have the 235 for an hour portrait. You know, when you said to them, this was a couple thousand dollars for a day or two day shoot where we're bringing in massive amounts of lighting equipment, seamless white backgrounds that got completely destroyed in their warehouse environment and their manufacturing environment. So I, um, my seamless white um, plastic sheets that we had, we went through several of those to the tune of a couple hundred dollars each, and we factored that into our prices. But so doing the commercial work, doing work for RV parks or other destination locations, they actually do have a higher willingness to spend on images that are customized to their business. So that big pushback, that big round of shock uh, for professional photographs for individuals or for family portrait sessions or for weddings, you don't get that on the highly commercial side. So that's one of the big reasons why I've made the shift over the years and why nine times out of 10, when somebody calls me about a portrait session, um, I tell them I don't do that anymore. I recently had a friend ask me to do a portrait session for their high school age daughter. And so I let them know the price. I said, for you guys, it's going to be $235 because that was our old price. Our new price for portraits is higher now because we're factoring in all the other stuff. So when I do say yes to portraits, it's even more expensive than it used to be because in the end, I need to be paid. Just because I live in an Airstream and I'm highly mobile and highly portable, doesn't mean that uh, my work has less value because I'm having fun where I am. Um, no matter how much you enjoy your job, that's not an excuse to not get paid. 
So if you're on the road and you're, or you're planning on getting in the road, you're planning on becoming a full-time RVer, you're planning on becoming a full-time traveler, and you say to yourself, I'm going to start selling these online, and that's how I'm going to do this and make my money. Absolutely possible. You're going to need to build a really nice website. You're going to need to funnel people who are actually interested in purchasing your images, not just looking at your images on your website. So you're going to have a lot of work ahead of you. Doesn't mean that it's not doable. I've seen some very new photographers come up over the years. Um, recently, I think of Peter McKinnon, who has become ultra famous and people pay a lot to have him shoot for them. And um, it didn't take him long to build his following, but he really knows how to utilize YouTube and market himself in an incredible way. So if you're looking to make a living with photography while doing your travels all over the country in your RV, you've got a lot of homework and work ahead of you beyond just photographing. And if you think, well, putting my photographs up on one of these sites like Zenfolio or SmugMug, they're going to take care of all that shipping and stuff for me. Okay, that's a possibility too, but you're going to be lost in a sea of other people doing the same exact thing. These these uh, photograph these photo sites have a lot of customers, a lot of photographers who are all doing the same thing. And I think one of the big things is to make something a completely unique experience online um, to really succeed in your photographic niche. So just uploading to a Zenfolio and setting it and forgetting it, I promise you, you're not going to make a lot of sales. So if you're thinking about doing this for your on-the-road business, you really need to sit down and think about everything that's going to go into this and what you're going to need to pull in on a weekly basis to make ends meet as a full-time RVer selling photography or selling photographic work. So technology has jumped ahead. Digital technology is here, and it does make some things easier, but it also shifts a lot more of the responsibility onto you, the photographer. So keep that in mind if you're going to dive down the digital photography or digital video rabbit hole. All right, everybody. So that's our Tech Talk Tuesday for this Tuesday. It's 8.10 a.m. And I actually have to get back to some work. I'm doing some more video uploading to Udemy today. We're in the home stretch on my landscape photography for beginners course. So we should be announcing that really soon. Now, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at rich at rlcdesign.net. Or if you're an Anchor FM listener, you can leave me up to a one-minute audio um, inquiry that could get included in an up-and-coming episode here. As always, the intro and exit music for this podcast are licensed through soundstripe.com. And also, as always, I really do appreciate you spending some of your time with me today. And I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and it shouldn't be discouraging at all. Um, digital photography should be expensive if you're reselling or doing it as a service. If you're a customer, hopefully what I just walked you through um, will give you an idea of what photographers go through to give you that one-hour portrait session. Just keep in mind, that one-hour portrait session that you experience is probably five hours of that photographer's time plus payments to their professional staff who know what they're doing as well. My lighting assistants really know what they're doing. So I pay them well uh, when we do the portrait sessions. All right, everyone, we will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. 
And I actually don't have any show notes for tomorrow, so I don't even know what we're talking about yet. I think that we're going to be doing an interview with another full-time RVer, but I haven't heard back from him yet on our final scheduling. All right, have a great Tuesday. We will see you tomorrow on Wednesday. (laughs) 